0: What's up podcast before we get into today's episode, I just want to give you guys a heads up that I will be speaking at an online conference on Thursday, October 22nd at 7 p.m. hosted by the city of Hamilton's music advisory team. It's going to be me and a few great people from the greater Hamilton area talking about how we can capitalize on marketing today using a small budget. I'm super excited to speak specifically on TikTok. It's really honestly TikTok's changed my life and really brought a lot of great things into it. So I wanna share kind of my experiences from the TikTok world. And I know there's a bunch of great people from other different realms of marketing that are offering a ton of value. So if you have time, 7 p.m. Thursday, October 22nd, I'll see you guys there. And now let's get to the episode. On this episode of the Dre Drepeo Audio Experience, we feature audio from Candy and Commerce, episode three, featuring Kelsey Johnson. Kelsey is a former United Arab Emirates flight attendant. She's been to, I think, almost 80 different countries, a ton of experience with different cultures and different foods. She offers a ton of great insight on her experiences. And she's also running for Miss Universe Canada, which is a huge deal. Uh, That happens, I believe, this weekend, the weekend of October 24th, 2020, wishing her all the best luck. I think she would be a great representative for Canada. You're going to love this episode. Uh, let me know what you think. Leave us a review on Apple. And of course, follow us on Instagram at, at Candy and Commerce. And hope you guys enjoy the episode. You're now
1: listening to the Pao Audio Experience.
0: Welcome to Candy and Commerce. I'm Pao here with Patty Berardi. And on today's episode, we have a familiar face with us. Joining us, she was last on the show when we were on Think Millennial. She's a former Emirates flight attendant who's traveled to six continents, 73 different countries. And she's also currently running for Miss Universe Canada as a delegate for the 2020. And we're here with Kelsey Johnson.
1: Hey, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having Welcome me back. to the show. It's good to see you. This time you're on the same time as yeah. last, last time, I, I can't remember what crazy time you had to get up to have a chat with us, but I was like, I think it was six hours interview.
2: behind in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: I said nine and I was just completely confused about the time frame, but it's uh, lots of changes since we last spoke.
2: So many changes, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. So before we kind of get into questions, I'd love to kind of continue from where we left off. So last time we spoke, you were a flight attendant for Emirates. You were yeah. in Dubai. Uh, Coronavirus was kind of getting worse, and you were kind of unsure what the next steps were going to be.
2: Yeah, pretty much. I had my last flight on March 25th, and then we kind of shut down for a period of about two weeks, and then slowly started to pick things up again. And within that time period, just so many things happened, and, and a lot of crew ended up being made redundant, myself included, which it's fine. It's totally great to be back. And there are so many other opportunities that have come my way and I'm excited to see what's next. Um, but yeah, we've just all used it as a positive to kind of move forward. I'd been in Dubai for almost five years and I thought it was about time that I come back to Canada and settle down here. What, what
0: did you notice was something that st- stood out the most in terms of changes? Because I can imagine you visited a little bit during that five-year period, but there's such different culture in terms of like living in Dubai and Ontario.
2: Pretty much like it's almost like being kind of culture shocked by your own country, if that makes sense. Because when you've traveled all over the world and living in Dubai in the Middle East, there's such a big difference between Canada and that. So just coming back and trying to adjust and not just, adjust in terms of like the culture, but even like my body clock coming back, as we said, there's such a big time zone difference between the two countries. So, and just trying to get a regular sleeping schedule together. Those are some of the biggest changes I can think of.
0: How did you go from Dubai and being with Emirates to then transitioning to Miss Universe Canada? Where did that come about? Was it something you were researching for? Did it kind of just come into your life? How did that come about?
2: To be honest, so I first got involved in pageants in 2011. I did Miss Teen Canada World and I was very fortunate to win the title of Miss Teen London World and I went on to nationals where I placed in the top 20. So that was 2011's like 10 years ago. It's crazy to say that (laughs) but Miss Universe was always something that I had followed along. I had always kind of wanted to participate but because I was so focused on my career in Dubai it just kind of seemed too far away for me but I truly believe that everything happens for a reason and when I came home and started to settle down I had this opportunity come up where I could actually participate and being well turning 28 it's my last year to actually be eligible for the competition so I just kind of took that as a sign and just kind of moved forward and We're trying it out and seeing what happens.
1: (laughs) What kind of preparation goes into that in preparing for a competition like this?
2: So much. Like, I feel like a lot of people, when they hear the word pageant, they just think it's about being pretty. But it's actually about so much more. Pageants themselves are... They're about the female leaders of tomorrow. It's about empowering women, giving them a platform and giving them the opportunity to really develop their confidence. So when I tell you that I'm preparing for a pageant, I'm not, you know, going and getting a tan and hair extensions and nails and all of that. I mean, that is a little tiny part of it, trying to be your best self, but it's about living a healthy, active lifestyle, getting into your best possible shape. It's about developing a platform. What do you want your message to be? It's, so 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 much more so just coming home and you know making that adjustment back to Canada and then going right into this it's been a lot it's been really overwhelming but it's been very very positive at the same time I've gotten a lot of support online from my friends my family so I'm really really excited about it
0: with Miss Universe Canada I know they have an in-person performance and there's a lot of you know get-togethers and something that has gotten increasingly more difficult with coronavirus. I'm curious, what's the format adjustments that are being made? Uh, Do you guys think there will be uh, an actual uh, performance people can attend? Do you know the date that they're looking at?
2: Yeah, so we're kind of, we're going by what the government is suggesting that we do. As of right now, there's no confirmation on whether or not there'll be an audience because unfortunately our cases are increasing. It's something that we are watching. With regards to the competition itself there is going to be 50 girls competing from all across canada and from the top 50 um, this competition actually takes place i should say over the course of a week so i'm going to arrive in toronto on the 18th of october i'm going to do my photo shoots and then there's a week of preparation um in non-covid times normally we would go do press events we would go around toronto visit different restaurants but with COVID happening i think a lot of that is going to be very limited So unfortunately, the experience this year is going to be a little different than the years prior, but it's going to be a good one nonetheless. From 50 girls, we have um, what's called a preliminary competition. So that's the competition or the day that all of us are scored. So I believe this will be broadcasted live. I will correct you if I'm wrong. (laughs) But So we go through that preliminary competition. From there, there's a final show, and on that final show, that 50 girls get knocked down to about 20. So there'll be a top 20 from the 50. From the top 20, we go to a top 10, then to a five, and then the winner is announced. So that's kind of how the format is. Now with the social distancing, what's gonna be a challenge is having all of us on stage. Of course, we're gonna have our masks, we're gonna be socially distanced and have the two meters between us, but it's gonna be interesting to see how they choreograph everything and how that happens. So, um oops, sorry
0: <laughs> no no i just wanted to follow up on that will you guys be wearing your masks on stage is that what the yeah, point yeah
2: so uh, so far like during the rehearsals that i have attended when we're on stage all together in a group we do have masks on but when we are on the stage on our own when we're doing our runway walks uh we're gonna have it on our face when we get on stage and we're going to take it off. And it's going to kind of be like a part of our choreography. So it's kind of cool though, because you know how you can design your own masks and you can put cool things on them. It's going to be interesting to see like how the girls style themselves with the mask on and like how, because you know, when you put a nice bold lip on and you go outside and you have to put the mask on, then you have to take it off. That's going to be another challenge in and of itself to see (laughs) who can have the best makeup.
1: (laughs) So true. one of the, the things as part of the competition is is finding a charity or a, a, a yes. something to get behind. And you picked yeah. Feed It Forward Official, which I think yeah. is an amazing organization. Can you talk a little bit about why you picked that and, and what yeah. they're all about?
2: So Feed It Forward and SOS Children's Villages are the two main charities that Miss Universe Canada is sponsoring this year or encouraging us to raise funds for. Feed It Forward is an amazing organization, as you said. They focus on two goals. They wish to reduce food waste and they also wish to help families that are experiencing food insecurity. I actually just visited one of their kitchens the other day and I actually got to see for myself the amazing things that they do. I got to see how they take food from their food partners that would otherwise go to waste and how they repurpose it and reuse it in a really amazing way to make food for families. And I got to be a part of that yesterday. We actually got to make the food itself and put it into the packages before they're sent out. And we put together hundreds of meals yesterday. So it was amazing to be a part of that and actually see it for itself. So far, um, I've been able to raise about $350 for the organization. And I'm still going with October 18th being the cutoff. And I'm just very, very happy that the community has really gotten behind me with this initiative to raise funds for such an amazing cause.
0: And if people want to support your cause, how can they contribute?
2: Yeah, of course. I currently have a GoFundMe page going. If you follow me on Instagram at Lipstick and Luggage, the link is in my bio. I've also linked it on my blog, lipstickandluggage.ca as well.
0: Let's, uh, let's take a step back. I, I really want to talk a bit about your journey with Emirates. You've been to 73 different countries and, you know, as a show that I'm really passionate about the food culture that we are surrounded by in Canada and how multicultural it is. I'm curious what your experiences have been throughout those 73 countries. Is there something that really stood out, something extremely unique that we don't have here that you had in your experiences?
2: So, like you, I love to eat. (laughs) Yes. And coming from Canada, we are very multicultural, but I was very hesitant to experiment with my foods. Like before going to Dubai, I never even had a shawarma. Wow. <laughs> so my, I kind of opened up my food palette a lot when I moved to Dubai. And actually one of my favorite uh, foods now is actually Indian cuisine. And I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of, or the opportunity to go to India, but some Indian food is just some of the best food I've ever had. Butter chicken, that is my new favorite thing.
0: <laughs> I'm curious, have you had Indian food? in Canada and been able to compare? I actually
2: haven't. Yeah. I haven't. And that's, again, one of the things that was so great about living in the Middle East is they have everything there as well. So, and it's authentic. You have people who have come from India to Dubai and set up these authentic restaurants. And it's it's an amazing culinary experience.
0: I follow uh, a YouTuber, his name's Bald and Bankrupt and he travels like all over the world and he goes to that's- India a lot and besides just the, the food, the culture itself seems so incredibly different, like yeah. like almost a different planet if you've never been to that side of the world. Did you find the time you spent in these countries, you, you would have that culture shock, even though sometimes it maybe only be for a few days?
2: Of course. India is a beautiful country, and the second I stepped off the plane, I was like, whoa, like you, I can't even describe it to you, but like, They were like cows on the street, even like, it's just, it was just such an unreal experience. And the people are so nice, and so genuine. And yeah, I just I can't even describe it to you. But that's probably one of the places I enjoyed visiting the most, because the north and the south are so completely different as well. And, you know, when you see India on the map, you see any country on the map, you look at it, and you're just like, oh, like, but it's completely different from one area to the next.
0: What about country, have you been to any countries we maybe have not heard of or that is not as popular maybe to Canada?
2: Yeah. um, One of the coolest places I've ever went to was probably, I can't even pronounce it, so please don't make fun of me. (laughs) Azerbaijan? Azerbaijan? Yeah. I went to uh, Baku. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I still can't pronounce it. But it was was beautiful. And to be honest, like that was one country, I don't want to say I didn't know it existed, did, but it wasn't like my first pick when I was in Canada. It was just some, I had uh, a couple days off and I was looking at the map of the UAE and I'm like, okay, which countries are around? Where can I go for three or four days? So that's what I chose. And I was blown away by the architecture, by again, the people, the culture, there was so much to do there. And I actually ended up going on my own. I try to go, um, to one new country every year by myself, just to kind of, get out of my comfort zone. And I'm so glad that I chose there. It was beautiful.
1: What does that do for you when you travel alone? What's that feeling? I mean, I would be petrified. So I think you're really brave to do that (laughs) that.
2: Yeah. To be honest, when I first started traveling, I was the same way. I was so scared to go out on my own. And I think when you're a flight attendant and you get to go on layovers, you sometimes you go with the crew and sometimes you just have to walk down the street, get your own food. It's just one of those things where sometimes people just want to stay in their rooms, but that's where I think I built up the confidence to travel on my own. And it became liberating in a way to be able to go and explore and just build that confidence in myself to go and meet new people. Because when you travel, you do meet people from your own country or just meeting and speaking with the locals. You learn so much from them.
0: I'm sure there are, you know many obstacles as you travel to these different countries what would you say is one of the more difficult things you face in your travels whether it's you know whether it's working with the airline in different cultures or actually being in these countries themselves
2: I think one of the challenges is always communication when you're in a different country and people don't always speak the same language of course like you have like Google Translate and things like that but sometimes those don't always work so as a flight attendant, we were actually trained to kind of use our hands and use the tools that we had available to us. So that's always super fun when you go to countries and you're trying to communicate with the locals and, and explain what you mean and, and where to go. And, and, but it's fun at the same time.
0: <laughs> Do you speak another language besides English?
2: I kind of speak French. (laughs) I never actually declared it, but, you know, we learn it here in school, and I did take it in university. Um, That was a language, actually, I was trying to use more when I was over there. As you're probably aware, they speak French all over the world. There's different dialects, so that was something I was trying to improve on. Um,
1: But, but yeah, I I wouldn't say I'm bilingual. (laughs) (laughs) So now you're home, and you're sort of... Landlocked, so to speak. What's that feeling? Because you have been in some ways living out of a suitcase for a little while, and you did talk about the culture shock because it's certainly more strict in Dubai compared to Canada as well. So, what has it been like actually, you know, maybe letting the grass grow a little bit under your feet for this last little bit? It's
2: weird because now it's been about. If you don't count my repatriation flight it was been about seven months totally on ground without going to a different country which in five years that hasn't happened so it's been quite the adjustment like i said I, i'm happy to be back and kind of i'm using this time during the whole covid pandemic just to kind of reflect on myself and what i've gone through and where i really want to go when I moved to Dubai. I knew that it wasn't going to be a permanent situation. I knew eventually I did want to come back to Canada. Like, but I didn't expect to really love aviation that much. And it's a field that I really want to stay in. So I've been exploring other opportunities potentially here. Again, COVID has affected the aviation industry here as well. It wasn't just affected in Dubai. So those opportunities are few and far between. But we do know that people are gonna to wanna to travel again. As soon as all of these restrictions are lifted, there's a vaccine, everyone's gonna to wanna to move around. So I'm confident more opportunities in aviation will come my way.
0: Can you talk some more about you know, your passion for aviation and maybe share some things we might not know as somebody who's you know, on a plane so much yeah. more than the average person. What are some things maybe we don't know about traveling on a flight or that we take for granted? Sure.
2: Well, for starters, I actually got interested in aviation when I was younger. My grandfather was a veteran. He was a bomber in the second world war. So that's kind of where that aviation interest kind of came from. I used to go to air shows all the time, but actually working in an aircraft, I can't really describe the love that I have for it. It's, just there's it's so incredible especially with like an airbus a380 that plane is one of the biggest i think it is the biggest passenger jet it carries like up to 400 over 400 people in economy alone it's a double decker aircraft so just to be able to be on that and to see it take off with all of these people on it it's so crazy to think that that's something that you know has been developed now in this day and age so Just to be able to work on these giant flying machines in a way is it's incredible to think of and when i was in dubai i actually got to go to a lot of the air shows that they did out there so i got to see a bunch of different aircraft, from you know fighter jets to passenger planes and private aircrafts and it's just really incredible when you sit back and look at aviation as a whole there's so many different aircrafts that do so many different things and it really is incredible to think that all of these amazing aircraft fly
0: what about with passengers? Is there, I'm sure you've come across some interesting people as <laughs> over the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what are, can you talk about some, maybe some things people should stay away from or some don'ts that would really help with and the process? On the process?
2: Yeah, for yeah. sure. A lot of the um, challenges we come across on board, let's say is if you've never been on the aircrafts that we have, of course, when you see a picture of a seat online and then you see it in person, it may not be exactly what you had pictured. So a lot of the challenges that I come across were seating arrangements. And of course, we do our best to try to accommodate that. But my advice for you would be to if if there is a seat on board that you really want, try to book it in advance because, you know, you can't always guarantee to get you're not always guaranteed to get the spot that you want if you don't book ahead. Um, Another challenge would be where your seating is. If you can pick your seat, I always suggest that people try to stay more so to the front of the aircraft if you're not a fan of turbulence. When you're flying, the aircraft at the back tends to experience the most and I also suggest that you stay far away from the lavatories because that's where people are going and coming all the time. Some do's, yeah, definitely book ahead online. And I always encourage people too, when they're traveling, to bring, I don't wanna say bring your own things because there are things that are provided on board, such as pillows and blankets. But a lot of the times you'd be surprised that, you know, when you're going on a 15 hour flight, for example, it's always a good idea to bring a water bottle. Of course, we'd be more than happy to refill it. But things like this, it's, if you wanna be comfortable, it's always important that you bring what you think you need to be comfortable.
0: What about with the airline you flew with specifically? I know it's known as one of the you know more luxurious airlines, and am I right to say that there's things like, you know, full bedrooms and showers and that sort of thing, and massages on the plane, or <laughs> <laughs> massages? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. So the airline that I worked. For- for in particular was Dubai based and we were known for having our shower spa on board the A380 that we had. Of course, that's incredible to have a shower on board and it is really as cool as it sounds. Uh, With regards to like, even in economy class, the seating was a bit bigger than the average aircraft and our in-flight entertainment system was probably one of the best, if not the best (laughs) that I've seen. Um, there's so many different movies you could watch, games you could play on board. And I think when it comes to flying nowadays, people do want to have the best experience possible. It's not just about, you know, going from one place to another. It's about that journey in between. And my airline really took pride in providing that best customer service experience possible from the food to the entertainment, to the comfort.
0: Can you expand more on the food aboard airlines? As someone, whenever I fly, I actually enjoy the airplane food. I don't know why, I feel like it's, like it's not because it's super luxurious or anything. I just feel like it's a part of the experience.
2: Of course, it is a part of the experience. That's actually something I look forward to trying as well. Um, For people who aren't really familiar with food on board, it's important for me to kind of mention that when you're flying at high altitudes, the difference in pressure, it actually changes how you taste the food. It's almost like when you're flying, it's almost like having a meal in the Alps, let's say, because it impacts how we taste, how we smell even um, when we're in the air. So when it comes to airplane food, a lot of the food actually, yes, it's high in salt content because they prepare it up to, I believe, 72 hours before the flight, but it's also, um, there's a lot of spices and a lot of sauces that go into enhancing those flavors. So a lot of the food that you will see on board, specifically with Gulf-based carriers, a lot of the foods are more Indian cuisine because Indian foods have a lot more of those spices and those flavors. They can preserve really, really well and they taste better in the air.
0: Who would you say, out of all the airplane food that you've tried, who has the best airplane food? Which country?
2: So I've probably only flown with a handful of other airlines, but I definitely do have to give Emirates credit for their catering. They do really put a lot of effort into it, and a lot of the dishes that they actually have on board, they're inspired by the destinations that they fly to. So again, if you're going to India, you're most likely going to experience in indian style cuisine if you're flying to north america you're going to get a more north american kind of food for example on those flights you would see they would give out pizzas that they would heat up on board so it's really interesting to see how they've really developed their catering over the years it's just um that in and of itself like you said it is a cultural experience
1: definitely food when you're traveling um sometimes you might go to a country and, and you're, you're maybe a nervous eater or worried about, um, you know, not liking the food. Do you have any tips on things that are, that you can bring that maybe your own snacks or treats and, and, and good things to pack if you are traveling?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, to be honest with you, I kind of have a bit of a sweet tooth. So when I, tra- when I travel, I always go to the duty-free beforehand and grab a couple like Skittles, some chocolate. I bring some for the crew as well because who doesn't like chocolate and sweets? Um, I definitely, like I mentioned before, bringing your own water bottle and things like that. Um, for example, too, my sister, she has celiac disease. So even though there may be gluten-free options on board, it's always good for her to have her own food just in case. So she always brings crackers, little snacks, protein bars, things like that. Because again, when you're on a 15 hour flight, there may be three meal services, but when you're in the air, I tell you, you get hungry.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I know from the videos I've made on TikTok that Dubai does have their own versions of a lot of the popular snacks or candies that we have. Is there anything that was your kind of guilty pleasure as a snack in Dubai that, that stands out a little bit or that you're really going to miss that you may Mm. not be able to get here in Canada?
2: That's a good question. To be honest, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I will say though, in Dubai, there's a lot of takeaway. So I got hooked on the bad habit of ordering food a lot. So I know that there are options to order food here in Canada, but I'm trying not to bring that bad habit back with me. But I do definitely miss the accessibility. There were restaurants everywhere when you went in Dubai. If you were hungry, there was chances are there was a restaurant or someplace right next to you. Um, so definitely the accessibility aspect is a little different here.
0: As we're wrapping up, I know we have about two minutes left. I'd love if you can leave us with uh, just information on where people can find you on social media and still access some of your blogs, even seeing some of the great stuff you posted in the past. And also remind them where they can contribute uh, to your donations for the Miss Universe Canada.
2: Yeah, for sure. I try to post as much as I can on, on Instagram at Lipstick and Luggage and on my blog. lipstick. Oh my goodness, I can't even talk anymore. Lipstickandluggage.ca. <laughs> um, there I'm going to be keeping people up to date with a lot of my pageant happenings and what I get, get on with in my career now that I'm back.
0: What is the first Canadian meal you had when you got back?
2: Poutine. Nice. Poutine and Taco Bell.
0: Oh, no, they have Taco there. Bell? Pardon? Did they have Taco Bell in, in Dubai?
2: They did not. They used to have it. And actually that's one thing I should mention that I forgot to was, you know, places like McDonald's and those big fast food chains, they actually have different menus in every different country. And that's something that I didn't know. So like you would go to Taco Bell and there would be like rice dishes and things like that. And like, yes, there is rice at Taco Bell, but like they have their own versions of it, which is really, really interesting in different parts of the world.
0: And did they, because I know in Europe, for example, you can get alcohol in fast food restaurants. Is, is yeah. there alcohol also in Dubai?
2: There is alcohol in Dubai, but not at fast food restaurants. There are licensed establishments that do um, serve that kind of thing. So it is, it, you can't get it there. <laughs> it's available at restaurants. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Kelsey, and sharing your story. I look forward to seeing your journey on Miss Universe Canada. And what month is it happening in again? So we can make sure to tune it's in. It's happening
2: in October, October 18th to
0: 24th. Wow. So it's like super soon. Yeah, soon. <laughs> really <Maybe>. soon. <laughs> well, good luck. Uh, we're all rooting for you and look forward to following your journey.
2: Thank you so much for having me.